turned out to be a punk rocker. You know what I do? Warning. This podcast contains hot takes, cliched opinions and strong language. Welcome to Records and Facts. Welcome to Records and Bands. I'm Rob. Joining me today to tackle the 10 questions about their record collections and the bands that make them tick is Jonathan Thomas, keyboard player with Front Runner and longtime bandmate of our third chair, Leon. Um, so John joined us earlier this year to chat about his favourite band, Simple Minds, and that's back in the feed. But um, John, welcome to this show. Um, Hi, did you enjoy? Did you enjoy coming on to talk Simple Minds? I did, yeah. It was a little bit self-indulgent, but it was great. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was good. It was a very unusual experience, really. I think Sean enjoyed it as well, being lifetime fans. It's not very often you get invited on to on to talk about your favourite band for an hour and a half, and you just, exactly, you know, you were the star start, of the show. I wouldn't go that far, Rob. But you start um, start talking simple minds so over a beer in the pub, and you're you're quickly shot down in flames. Right, okay, because one of the what we aim for with the podcast is that it kind of resembles that chat you might have with your mates in the pub. Or for me, it was like when we were back at college. It, you know, you sit sitting around talking about bands and that. And yeah. nowadays, you 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 have all the music you can listen to, don't you? And you have it all in your pocket. But we don't really have that chance to sit down and talk to your mates about it. What I enjoyed about it was preparing for it, so I know. I knew, rather, uh, you and Leon didn't really know a lot about Simple Minds. Mm. Um, you probably heard the main singles. So when Sean and I put the 10 songs together that we wanted to talk about, we deliberately chose a few obscure ones that we thought you'd like. And, and lo and behold, you generally did. Yeah. That was quite I... good. That was quite nice to, to hear you say how much you enjoyed some of the songs that you know, if you're not really a fan, you would never have, you know, the album tracks, you would never have heard. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Um, before we get into the questions, um, is that sort of 80s stuff, like your wheelhouse, is that the stuff that you kind of stick with or do you have like a secret fondness for Cradle of the Filth that you've kept hidden? <laughs> uh, is there a secret metalhead in there somewhere or is, is it that stuff from well, when I you, love, like... Yeah, um, well, I love Number of the Beast by Iron Maiden. You know, Run to the Hills, great track. Mm. Um, yeah, I would say generally, so going back to my late teens, uh, mid-teens, late teens, into my 20s, yeah, it was Simple Minds, Simple Minds, Simple Minds, really. Um, but gradually branched into bands like U2, um, Big Country, uh, Marillion. Um Grew up listening to Barbara Dixon and Alky Brooks oh my from God. my parents. Uh, Queen also. My dad liked Queen and, and Neil Diamond, you know. So I've, I guess I've always had a, a wide taste in music. Um, but Simple Minds, yeah, was was the, the main for quite some time until I discovered other bands. And I, I guess the most, the most, um, so going on to other bands I discovered, um, I guess up until recently, the most current band that I listen to these days is Coldplay, and they've been around for 20-odd years. Yeah. There's a few other bands. Hey. Sorry. Go on. There you there's go a couple on. of bands. Yeah, there's a couple of bands I've discovered recently, um, but up until recently, yeah, Coldplay was the most current band I was listening to. So we'll get, we'll get into like some of the stuff you do um, with Frontrunner and that later on, I'm sure. But um, 
have you found stuff that you know the other guys have bought to the group and said that i think we should do this and you've had to go away and learn it and then you've kind of become a fan of that band because you've had to learn a song for the for the band i wouldn't say i've become a fan of the band um i've become a fan of the song so what right. i found in the band somebody will suggest a song and i'll think oh really you know i just i really hate that song guys you know but you know we go away and we learn our parts and i've found that i've actually enjoyed the song i've enjoyed playing it i've got to love it um i'm struggling now to think of an example um do you like to do you kind of put your own sort of spin on it though you, or do you try yeah and stick, yeah rather than this is how it's played so this is how i'm gonna play yeah it. we i mean we do abba you know we do does your mother know by abba and um it's a little bit more rocky than the original but i think it kind of works it seems to go down well with with the crowd um for the life of me i can't remember the song i'm thinking of now that i've really well footloose you see we've we've just started to do footloose by uh, oh, kenny, kenny loggins yeah yeah now when that was mentioned i thought i've heard it on the radio but i never listened to it i never take any any attention to it um i can't even remember the film hardly but you know since playing it really really enjoyed it so it's one of my favorites now and um, we've played it three or four times and generally gone down down well uh, not too many mistakes but yeah so i've not really got into any new bands through the through front through front runner um but yeah certainly in, enjoying some of the songs that we're playing yeah excellent um have you been busy with gigs lately last few summertime as uh, you are yeah we had a seven week break up until a few weeks ago so yeah we had a, a gig gig last weekend and i think three gigs the weekend before that i think it kicks right. off now so busy for the summer so um Just... keeps me out of mischief yeah i'm glad i've caught you when i can leon was hoping to join us tonight but he hasn't i'm um it's funny because i um me and they not we weren't estranged but you know how life sort of gets in the way and you kind of lose touch with people a little bit don't you yeah um yeah. and then like a couple of years ago we've kind of fallen back into each other's orbits and um it's been really cool having him on the podcast but i find that i grab him as much as i can in the winter because i'm not going to get him in the summer because you boys take him away from me <laughs> oh well you can have him um no he couldn't i don't think i don't think he can make tonight um i think no I think no that's gone, right is, is he gone to a tupperware party or something i think he's got the kids so oh, is that it? <laughs> yeah i'm not throwing him sure? under the bus you you can i'm not going to throw him under the bus <laughs> <laughs> no we will here we miss tonight um should we crack into it yeah sure go on then right so the first question that we always ask people some sometimes this first question is the most difficult of them all but can you tell me about your favorite three albums of all time ever or your top three bands of all time ever or you can tell me about both if you want well rob i'm so keen i've done both excellent so um but what a question i mean it's such a hard question isn't it really you know when you think of so many albums so my top three albums um and if I'm honest, they've changed a few times over the weeks prior to this, but I've gone back to the original three. So the first one I'll talk about is um, by Neil Diamond. It's called Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Um, and it's a soundtrack LP from, I think, 1973 uh, right. from the film. It was a film called Jonathan Livingston Siegel. Um, 
I mean, it's, you can get out on DVDs. It's, it's, it's a great film, I think, you know, um, purely because of the music, I think, really. It's such a moving al- album. Um, and I guess for me, it's it reminds me of my dad. You know, my dad was a big Neil Diamond fan and, uh, you know, we'd always have him on in the car radio, um, car stereo. Um, and I can hear my dad singing the songs, you know. So that I guess that's a little bit to do with it. I was going to say, because you are a little bit older than the and I, but you're not that old, that much older that this would be a song from your, or an album from your youth. So that is definitely from a parent's influence, that one. Though. Yeah, yeah. But it's such a beautiful album. Um, so when, yeah, when people think of Neil Diamond and think of Sweet Caroline and Crackling Rosie and things like that, you know, Solitary Man, but there's so much better stuff out there by him. And I think mm-hmm. this is an album that is less talked about. I mean, when I... I see people along the way and we talk music, we talk Neil Diamond maybe. More often than not, they haven't got this album. Mm. Um, it was a soundtrack album, as I said, um, but beautiful, beautiful pieces of music in it. Um, so definitely one to check out. Um, and I've gone for, the second album I've gone for is by Marillion. I've been a fan of Marillion since um, probably 1989, 1990, when right. Fish, well, Fish left in 88. I liked them then, but I wasn't a massive fan. Um, but I did like Sugar Mice and Lavender. Kaylee was okay. But uh, Fish left in 88, and then Steve Hogarth joined the band in 89. Um, and I've been a big fan since. And their album called Marbles from 2004 is just a masterpiece for me. In fact, I was only listening today in the car. Um, I mean, yeah, nearly 20 years old. I can't believe it. But some massive, massive songs on that album um, and some of my all-time favourite Marillion songs, I'd say, full of melodic guitar riffs um, that I try to uh, copy on the keyboard. I mean, Steve Rothery is an amazing guitar player. Uh, of course, Mark Kelly with some melodic riffs on his synths as well. Brilliant. So I checked that out, Marbles from 2004, particularly a song called Neverland which goes on for about 11, 12 minutes. Excellent. Um, I do have a little fish connection, if you want to hear it. It's tenuous. I do, yeah. Yeah. So before fish was fish, before he was in Meridian, before he was going all over the world, you know, playing stadiums and what have you, he worked in the forestry, in, in the same forestry office that I did my forestry apprenticeship in up in Scotland. Oh, did he? Obviously, about thirty-five years apart, <laughs> yeah. but, but some of the yeah. some of the boys um, who were like getting close to retirement age remembered working with him back in wow. the days in this little nice. forestry office up up near Fockerbirds in Murray. So that's that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I've never go... met the man, but I may have used the same toilet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you know what? Or peed I'm... behind peed behind the same tree. That's great, Rob. I'm going to go to bed tonight thinking about that. <laughs> What's your third album? Um, I've gone for Tears for Fears, Songs from the Big Chair. Are you familiar That's that with that big album? album, isn't it? That's yeah, their, yeah. It's got Everybody Wants to Rule, rule the World on it, and that was it. Yeah, and I think that's the worst song on the album, personally. Yeah. Um, again, Rob, it's such a difficult question, you know, choosing three albums, but, you know, I'll, I'll stick with these at the moment. <laughs> well, I have to now. Uh, songs from the big chair yeah head over heels what a great song that is and yeah. 
you know, featured in um, in the film Donnie Darko. It's a great mm-hmm. scene in Donnie Darko in, in slow motion, and they've got head over heels playing in the background. Um, yeah, uh, Mother's Talk, Broken, just a fantastic album, massive drums in it. Um, yeah, I play that a lot. I've not got all the Tears for Fears albums. I got um, This was the first one I got. I didn't have uh, the one before that, which was called... Oh, um, escapes me now. It had change on it, uh, Pell right. Shelter, that sort of stuff. I didn't get it. I didn't buy it. This one I did, and I bought the next one, which was uh, Sowing the Seeds of Love, I think it was. Um, and I haven't ventured on with them with further albums, but I I think Sean bought their most recent, and he said it's a very good album, which I've yet to yeah, check that, out. Yeah, was that last year that came out? Or was last it year, this yeah. Year? Yeah, last year, yeah. Last yeah. Year, I, I know there's quite a bit of buzz around it, but I didn't. They're not yeah, one I've, of my bands, if I'm honest. But no, um... I've not yet listened to it, if I'm honest. But I will do. I saw them play about three years ago. We went to the NEC. And, um, yeah, they were brilliant. Um, top track for me from, from them is off the Sowing, Sowing the Seeds of Love album is um, Woman in Chains. Right. Such okay. a beautiful, beautiful song. So those are my three albums, Rob. Excellent. Go on, then. Um, Artists, then. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard, isn't it? Because like, I can do my top three artists pretty easily, and then like the albums, I def- I know what my favorite album of all time ever is, and I won't spoil it now. We're going to do it for like a hundredth ep- episode or something. Um, but like two and three, that's really difficult. I can tell you the one straight away, but two and three are really difficult. But well, I just I just answered the question thinking of Desert Island Discs. Really, you mm. know what albums would I have? What 10 albums would I have on the island? Um, and then I just, you know, reduced the list down to, yeah, the best three for me uh, that I couldn't live without, um, let alone food and water and things like that. Um, so Marillion, I've gone for Marillion as a top three band for me. Again, I, as I said, I got into them after fish really. Um, I always think of Marillion as the, the thinking man's music. They're very deep and meaningful, and you can just get lost. There's a lot of stuff going on with their songs, you know. Big, epic songs, like four, five, six parts to them, you know. Um, almost, you're listening to a piece of music, and say the start of the song, and then it goes into something else. But it's completely different. It could be a completely mm-hmm. different song. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a same same song with different parts to it. I, I love Marillion. Um, Steve Hogarth's got a great voice, and I just I just love the the melodies that they come out with time and time again. Their last album um, was just a masterpiece. I thought it really was. I mean, yes, it hasn't made my top three, but it was just an incredible piece of music. They wrote it in the um, the lockdown period, I think. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of lot of pandemic lyrics in there. Um, which I guess people are a bit bored of by now, but just a great album. You, you say that therapy's uh, therapy, one of my favorites. They've just released their lockdown album, if you like, and it's I think it's their best work for 20 years, probably. Yeah, because they're just really angry and they've got somewhere to direct that. They've always been angry, it just feels like it's a bit more directed now. So, uh, yeah, so yeah, you know, it does that period does seem to produce some good music right so yeah no i agree well certainly that's the case for marillion but the album before that i didn't think could be beaten you know it was fear um right okay 
FUCK stands for, um, I can't say the word, but it's F-U-C-K. Um, yeah, you can say it on there. Everyone and uh, Run. Fear, oh, great okay. album. Um, yeah, that was a very angry album as well. Um, lots of lyrics about Tony Blair and Iraq. But um, War yeah, criminals. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, the last the last two albums, well, all of them, for me anyway, you know, um, I, I'm just, I can't think of a weak track for me, really. It's mm-hmm. just a great album. I've not seen them enough. I really haven't. And I've found it hard to get tickets sometimes, you know. Um, but I've probably seen about five, six times, and it's not enough, really. Um, but, yeah, hopefully see them again soon. But I, I missed the tour this year. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're one of them. Um, Simple Minds, that's an obvious one, as I spoke about Simple Minds. Yeah, should we patch. just refer people back to the previous episode, the previous hour and a half? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we I mean, time. yeah, well, uh, Simple Minds. I mean, as I said, I have branched, branched out to other music, but... Um, Simple Minds for me, as I said, I you know, my insurance relationship, I guess, was a bit cemented through discovering that we both liked the band, you know, back mm. in art class in, in 1986 at school. Um, and then the first gig at Milton Keynes in 86 just blew us away, really. Yeah. We've never really looked back since, really. Um, to the point that I was but they're your favorite band for a reason, aren't they? Then, like, if, if you can still find stuff to keep you engaged after such a long time i'm the same with pearl jam i don't listen to pearl jam very much now but i've got every bass line and every riff in my head from just listening to them for 30 years and yeah i, I might not listen to them for, i've been listening to, to, to i've been listening to them today to be honest but i might not listen to them for six months but they're still yeah. my favorite band you know it's like, yeah yeah, yeah. I, I get that i agree with that i mean i went last week i was feeling a little bit bored of listening to my music i just found that i needed to listen to something different so i was just going through my cd spines you know and, and the numerous simple minds ones and i thought oh hmm. just just i've played them so often I, I, but i don't need to play them now because they're yeah. in my head um so i think i i picked out something a bit more obscure i think i picked out craft work oh right yeah, okay. I did. but then work, also yeah. going sometimes going back to an old favorite can be a bit of a palate cleanser so if you have a spell of like listening to all sorts and you just want a bit of a reset you felt yourself gone down a bit of a rabbit hole like for me i can depend on what we're doing for the show like if we're talking about i don't know that 95 96 wave of like american punk that's all i might listen to for six weeks and then i'll go right i need to i'll put ben folds on he's another of my favorites and then yeah that'll kind of like stop the punk and give me a bit of a palate cleanse to then go off on another tangent you know yeah sure and also, I find, I'm sure you do as well, Rob, you know, depending what's going on for yourself in life at that time, you know, if you're having a particularly down day, let's say, mm. you're going to go for your comfort blanket, you know, and yes. for me, that's always going to be Simple Minds, you know, or maybe a bit of Bruce, Bruce Springsteen. Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's that, that familiarity, really, uh, that is that is therapy. So, yeah, Simple Minds, uh, I could talk for hours about them, but I shan't bore you too much. I've already done that the other week. Uh, other week. Um, and then I've gone for U2, which is probably not mm. a surprise. Um, I think Bono is kind of a uh, love him or hate him kind of character, really, and I love he him. I think he's a great, <laughs> really, yeah, he's a bit of a Marmite chap, isn't he? I think he's brilliant. I think he's um, the lyrics he comes out with, just fantastic. 
Um, yeah, I've always liked YouTube. Um, I suppose I first discovered them in 84. Uh, I think it was Unforgettable Fire, the single. Um, that was the first time I ever heard them, really. Uh, no, beg your pardon. I heard um, Sunday Bloody Sunday and Two Hearts Beat as One earlier than yep. that. 80, 82, is it? Something 83. Uh, my brother had those on, uh, on, on vinyl. Uh, so I heard those first, and then I wasn't till '84 I discovered them properly on a skiing trip in, with school, and uh, we were in the you know in the commune the communal area, and there was a TV in the background, and the uh, Unforgettable Fire video came on, and right. I, that really got my attention, and then of course '87 came Joshua Tree, yeah, and that's when it really you know kicked off for me really. Um, right, I'm, I'm of, not I'm not a fan of you two. No, they're not. They've not grabbed me, and like Sam will say as well. Like my brother when he's on here a lot, um, listen to them loads and just don't really get it. Mm-hmm. But for me, Joshua Tree is probably in my I don't know top thirty albums. I think it's yeah. a really, really, really good album. Like yeah, really, yeah. really good. Yeah, but I don't want anything else from them. No. <laughs> It's weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you two lost a lot of fans. So come Joshua Tree, then there was Rattlin' Herm in '89, and then then there was um, Acton Baby in '90-'91. I mm. think by the time Acton when Acton Baby came out, I think they lost a lot of fans because they did change their style a little bit, and Bono mm. was wearing gold or silver suits on stage and dressed up you know in all sorts of gear and it, i thought they were brilliant still and and then the album after that pop um yeah. again musically they changed a bit and again yeah the costumes got weirder and i just think um for me that they're a band i never get bored of um right. and i will always look forward to you know uh, news of uh, new albums or a tour but trying to get tickets for a YouTube yeah. gig, it's just a nightmare. I've kind of similar to trying to get tickets for Beyonce or someone like you, know, like even now, you know. It's... Yeah, I've kind of resigned to the fact that I'm never going to see them live again, really. Um, and I've only seen them probably four times. Um, but yeah, so you two, I'd say. So what? Marillion, Simple Minds, you two. Brilliant. What's I mean, the I could first talk. I... Mm-hmm. Go on. Sorry, Rob. No, I, I mean, I, I could, I could talk more if you wanted me to but i'm not really sure how much time how much time to allow for each question really that's all right it's fine um what was the first record that you bought with your own money or you specifically asked someone to go and get for you but you're not allowed to try and be cool okay it's got you got to be honest like i would tell people that the first one i bought my own money was um probably guns and roses is what i would tell people when in fact it was actually jason donovan Nice. So, <laughs> nice. Um, ten good okay. reasons. I won't try and be cool. I don't think I ha- have ever been cool. But um, I think... So this was a tricky question for me because my earliest memory of being obsessed by an earlier record from my childhood days is um, Don't Give Up On His Baby by David Soule. And I oh, absolutely, right. yeah, I love that. But I don't think I bought it, and I don't think 
anybody bought it for me. So I think it must have been, I think it's my parents' single. But that was, that's my earliest memory of being obsessed about a particular piece of music. But I think the first record I bought was the album Kings of the Wild Frontier by Adam and the Ants. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And I, that is a brilliant album. Um, I think I was about 10. Yeah, it must have been 10, 1980. And I just, they just blew me away. I just thought there was nobody else like them, really. I love what they were wearing. Um, I love the artwork, the albums. Um, I started collecting the badges, the patches, you know, the denim jacket covered in badges and patches. Uh, yeah, so I, and I had a bit of a crush on Adam and I think, but before before that, it was David Soul, definitely. Right. <laughs> first, yeah. Yeah, I first think Adam and the Ants were, Adam and the Ants were perfect for a 10 year old kid, though. Oh, it's, they were just brilliant. But it's sexy as well. Enough, but of course, it's, like, yeah, it's it's punky enough and sexy enough to be different, to be out there. Yeah. And it's all bright and colourful. And it's, yeah, and it's clean enough to be on top of the pop so you get to see them regular. Yeah, well, know? yeah, some, some of the lyrics weren't. but No, um, but the image. like it, Yeah, it, it's, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Sanitised punk, but yeah. not punk. But you know what I'm getting at. It's, but the difference between... Kings of the Wild Frontier, um, then on to uh, the next album, which was uh, Prince Charming, I believe. Uh, I thought it was, was, you know, worlds apart in, in, mm. some, in some ways. Um, but the album before Kings of the Wild Frontier, yeah, very, very punky. Uh, Dirk Wears White Socks, that's a great album. Check that out. Mm. Really, really good. And, you know... I still listen to these albums a lot now. They're not keyboard orientated at all. There's no keyboards in them at all, um, which is what I tend to usually go for these days, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is a band that I just thought, yeah, there's nobody else like them. And I don't think has been since really, you know, their get up that they wore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I remember dressing up like adamant with talcum powder across, <laughs> across my nose. <laughs> Uh, yeah, after my weekly bath, brilliant. <laughs> it was just brilliant. Yeah, good, good memories, great memories of that band. Sean and I went to see Adamant play probably about ten years ago. Um, right. It was yeah, it was good. It was good, it but the good. gig, yeah, it was good. But the gig after that, um, he was. I didn't go to. Sean went, but it was it was pretty right. awful, really. Um, yeah, I wish I'd seen them. Yeah, I wish I'd seen them in their day, but I was ten, and yeah, you know, and they say at the Radio One Roadshow, and that's coming through the the uh, Dudbury, yeah. aren't you? Yeah, so uh, <laughs> it yeah. didn't happen, Rob. It didn't happen. No, I know that's it. What was the last record? That, this I don't know if this came through on the list of questions or not. But what was the last record that you listened to, start to finish? The last record that I listened to. Yeah, like an album. It could be digital. It doesn't have to be a piece, you know. It doesn't have to be a, what this week. A record, record. Yeah, I've been listening to uh, Richard Ashcroft, the album um, "Alone with Everybody," which is a great album, which I'll talk about a bit later. So that's what I've been. What was listening the big to. single of that? It was "Song for the Lovers." Was the big single of that? "Song for it? the Lovers." Yeah, um, yeah. but uh, one of Leon's favorites um, is uh, "Come On, People, We're Making It Now." That was also oh, yeah, a yeah, single. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, great, Excellent. great, feel-good song. So, yeah, that's the album I've been listening to, um, and Marbles by Marillion. Can you remember the first gig you went to? I can, and I was actually 10, so I was okay. old enough to go to gigs. I was 10. 
Um, I used to belong to an apostolic church youth group when I was a child, and they organized a gig and a trip to go and see Cliff Richard. Oh, and we went to, yeah, we went to see Cliff Richard at St. David's Hall in Cardiff. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, a brilliant venue. Yeah, I've seen a few few names there. I love that venue. Um, I don't remember much about the gig, but I, I'm not ashamed to say that I, I was there. Brilliant. And I'm, um, not, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I've seen them again since. Oh, brilliant. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. He, he was in the queue in Aldi's last week. <laughs> no, I saw him on the millennium, millennium. I can't even say the word millennium tour. Right, yeah. So when okay. was that then? <laughs> a while ago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I went to see him at the NEC, uh, and he was good. And I, I don't have any of his albums, um, but I've always liked the guy. You know, I I'm bet you knew every word to every song he sung, though. I, I didn't, but I liked Carrie. Carrie yeah. was a great song, and um, uh, we don't talk anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's a bit cringe at times, but I've always liked Cliff Richard as a person. I've always found him uh, likable in interviews yeah. on TV. Uh, so yeah, he was my first. We were talking the other night about Oasis, and I was never an Oasis fan at all. Like, didn't really want anywhere near me. But uh, one year at the Isle of Wight Festival, Noel Gallagher played with his high flying birds and yeah i was down the front singing along to all the oasis songs he was doing like <laughs> i just like i don't it just, just get caught up in the moment and you know the songs because yeah. they just seep into you through osmosis over the years so one exactly minute i'm that. like oh, i don't want to watch him he's stuck up his own ass and then two minutes later <laughs> i'm down the front with a boy on my shoulders singing little by little so <laughs> that's brilliant yeah, yeah um, what's the last gig you went to Recently, actually, went to see Ben Jericho. Do you know them? Ben Jericho, they they were around 87, 88, 89. I know the name, and I reckon if I was to put the song on, I'd go, yeah, that's it. But yeah, so okay, so Ben Jericho, Mark Shaw, lead singer, um, their first album came out 87, um, called First The Sound of Music, and their single from that was um, The Motive. Right. And I think Muscle Deep was a single. Um, yeah, good album. Um, and then they went on to doing Big Area, the second album, Big Area. Um, right. Was there a single, single called that as well? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, single yeah. was Big Area. They had another single called Sugar Box, a bit of a ballad. Right. And they did um, What Does It Take that featured Belinda Carlisle, one of Sean's oh, favourites. I like Belinda Carlisle as well. Yes, I do as well. Um, yeah, so we did, a, we did a little thing. We did a little thing about iconic album covers, and um, one of her album covers was—is uh, it Runaway Horses or something? Um, was one of my iconic ones, just because of the impact it had on me as a a young man, yeah. shall we say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it left a mark. <laughs> I well, I was sure that I went to see us uh, play at the NEC in eighty-seven and eighty-nine, and um, yeah, both. Both programs are purchased with lovely fold-out yeah. posters in the middle. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Um, on a serious note, I have passed the Go-Go's on to my daughter because she, she's just getting into music in that now. Oh, so, right. um, yeah, the Go-Go's. So, yeah, so she's one of the bands that I've passed on to, on to them. So, yeah. Oh, uh, brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Um, 
who has been the biggest influence on your record collection? Now, people take this very different ways. Some people go, oh, there was a, like, Jamie was on. He goes, when I first heard Motorhead, that was it for me. So he said, okay. me, have, you know, if it was me, I'd say Leon, um, you know, yeah, and yeah, so yeah. on and so forth. So, so you take it however you want to take it. Well, Rob, I took it three ways and I've answered Excellent. all three. Brilliant. Okay, so um, so my, I've kind of answered it like the biggest influence on my passion for music, if I can, if I'm allowed to talk about that. Mm. Um, and I'm going to say mainly my dad, my parents, yes, but mainly my dad. Um, I suppose I got my passion for music from him. Uh, you know, listening to Queen and Neil Diamond, ABBA, The Hollies. Yeah, mom had Barbara Dixon and Alki Brooks. Um, yeah, the cassette player was red hot. It was always on. The vinyl was always going around. The car journeys were always loud and there's always arguments and what we could play. So, yeah, definitely that for my passion for music um, uh, and singing as well. And my dad didn't play any instrument, but he um, he sang in the choir. And, you know, I, I like to sing as well in the fashion. Um, biggest influence on my CD collection, I'm going to say my, my um, longest friend, really, Ian Simpson in Kidderminster. He's introduced me to so many different artists over the years. Um, bands like 21 Pilots, um, The Alarm. What I, I kind of knew before, but he's mm. got me into them also. Justin Curry from Delamitri, Frank Turner, uh, more recently the Lottery Winners, um, who I saw a couple of years ago. Uh, yeah, so Ian's really introduced me to a lot of new bands um, and takes up currently two shelves of my cd unit with the cds that he's uh, passed on to me um so, biggest influence with regards to a music artist i have to say simple minds again really yeah. i mean that's kind of a way of life i suppose you know would, seen them 55 times yeah do you feel you would have picked up the key or picked up start playing keyboards to the extent that you do without them uh are they yeah, that much yeah. of an influence do you well, think no no i guess these days i do i do prefer keyboard orientated bands but um i wouldn't say um they inspired me to pick up the keyboards no um the thing that inspired me to pick up the keyboards was i was just running out of places to practice playing the drums and getting complacent right, <laughs> so i sold the drums you know and just used the money to buy a keyboard and just, and then you can put headphones on a on a yeah. keyboard, you know, I suppose you can on an electronic drum kit, but I didn't have one of those. Um, yeah. yeah, but at, um, but as I picked up the keyboard and started to learn a bit about it, I would start listening to um, keyboard parts in bands like Simple Minds and Marillion, and um, and then yeah, trying to trying to copy the riffs um, in a fashion. Excellent, cool. Right, this next question is about you being in a band but we know you're in it, the question is have you ever been a band but you're already in a band so if you weren't in front runner is there a different type of band you would like to be in like is there a john does heavy metal is there a version of john that plays heavy metal is there a version of john that is a bluesman is there a version of john that is an opera singer like uh, I don't know. There's more of a John does dress up. So maybe ABBA would be a great band to Excellent. be in. <laughs> um, 
I don't know really. I mean, I want to. I just want to stick to front runner, if I'm honest, because yeah. I just love being the band. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything about being in front runner. Really, um, five guys. None of us think we're amazing, but you know, we come together with our little parts and hopefully create something that people could enjoy and sing and dance to. Really, um, we must be doing something right because we keep getting asked back. You know. Yeah. Um, and the banter, you know, um, the the in between, um, the banter in between the songs, and even like you know between the, the interval, um, setting up, setting down the the car journeys to gigs is just great, really. And I don't know, I can't think of anything else in my life really that I've managed to keep going, <laughs> apart from my my love for simple minds, really. Um, but yeah, it's been constant really for well, front run has been about nearly ten years. But I've been in bands since I was seventeen, eighteen, you know, I was in a I was a you were in, first. You were the on in business as usual as well. Yeah, so yeah, before before front runner, it was business as usual. And we had a great singer from Lempster, Paul Evans on vocal. Brilliant, brilliant voice. Um Leon on bass. Yeah. So front hmm. runner, sorry. Business as usual started playing in uh, 2001. I think our first band practice was 1999. Andy mm-hmm. Crokey, frontrunner guitarist, just turned up out of the blue five years after having not seen him, knocked on yes. my door and said, I'm back in Lebri. I want to form a band. I want you to be my drummer. I said, Andy, I've literally just sold my drums about two months <laughs> ago, but I bought this keyboard and I know three chords. That'll do, he said. So he came Excellent. into my house. He came into my house that night. And then we got the, um, back in the day, there was the Lebri Almanac. Went through all the phone numbers yeah. looking for Neil Bevan, who played bass guitar in a band that we used to be in together a few years before. Tracked him down, rang him up. He came around my house that night. We tracked down Ian Caffle on drums. He came around my house that night. There was three of us talking about creating this band it was just brilliant and then lo and behold we auditioned for a singer um and that's how business as usual started um and then paul left the band uh and then matt our singer who was uh Mm -hmm. used to be our drummer actually he became a drummer in business as usual for a few years uh moved away but he came back into the area paul left the band and matt joined us as lead vocalist mm-hmm. so yeah front runner nearly 10 years now um and i wouldn't so change I remember anything seeing you, no i remember seeing you um as business as usual did you play something for the jubilee in 2002 at pembridge or somewhere like that yeah we did yeah yeah, in yeah so I, I i was there i think i Were drove you? the on eight yeah i think i drove the on eight brought all this stuff out in my little the uh, Yes, cherry. I, I remember. I remember <laughs> the gig. Yeah, I remember the gig. Uh, yeah, I remember that one well. No, so yeah, so I know that wasn't the answer you were looking for, really. But I wouldn't change anything about Front Runner apart from Andy's backing vocals on Elbows One Day Like This. It's pretty tested, is it? <laughs> but, don't, don't, but don't tell him I said that. <laughs> well, is he going to listen to this? <laughs> Probably not. But if it wasn't front runner, <laughs> out of the other bands I've spoke about, Rob, I'd probably yeah. go for Meridian. Yeah, I'd probably go for Meridian. Not Simple Minds. I'd probably go for Meridian. Um, they seem like a you know a bunch of uh, good fun guys. You know. Excellent. Right. 
So you get to book now a festival just for you. It's just one day and you get six slots. So who would you like to who would you like to see at your festival? Okay, number one, Martin Joseph. Now you've probably not heard of Martin Joseph. So he is a bit of a Welsh singer-songwriter, sort of Springsteen-esque Welsh singer-songwriter from Penarth near Cardiff. Um, been a fan of his since 87. Um, right. And yeah, yeah, seen him quite a few times now. And uh, yeah, just, just him and his guitar, occasional mouth organ. Um, now and again, he'll have a guest musician with him on keys or, or cello or something. Just remarkable. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing him play again uh, shortly in Starbridge. Uh, so yeah, Martin Joseph, uh, just to warm up the crowd a little bit. And then I'd probably go for ABBA, I think. Brilliant. As my second band, yeah. As long so as they play the afternoon slot, is it? Yes, it would. Yeah, I guess it would. Well, no, it'd have to be earlier than that, really. I'd expect at least two hours from them. Oh, okay. I think, I think um, as long as they played the, the track, well, I, of course, I would choose their songs, of course. And Obviously. I would choose um, I would choose The Visitors, which is a great album, but the title track is my favourite ABBA, right. ABBA, ABBA track. So ABBA, number two, um, and the, the next four are quite uh, predictable, really. Number three, I'll go for Marillion. Uh, number four, Simple Minds. Number five, U2. Mm-hmm. And I think Bruce Springsteen to round the, the evening off, I think. It was a tricky one, really. I Do wasn't you... sure whether to go for U2 or Bruce at the end. Well, I don't... I think Bruce Springsteen might be the only person that Bono would be happy to yeah, go on before, down if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't... Yeah, Springsteen's just amazing. Yeah, well, we're going to see him on Friday. Are you? Oh, brilliant. Yeah, Sean and I are going to um, Aston Villa. What's it called? Villa Park. Yeah. On uh, Friday. So, uh, yeah, the um, sandwich box is packed ready. Brilliant. It's getting to that point that you kind of want to go just in case it's the last tour. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's, yeah, the tickets weren't cheap. Um, Yeah, they weren't. it, It was silly money, really, because... But yeah, we had a budget, um, and um, we knew we were going to have to pay for the nose, really. And mm. yeah, exactly as you say, you don't think you're going to see him again. You know, you're not sure really how, how often he tours and what is he now? Seventy three, maybe is he seventy three? Oh yeah, something? yeah, yeah. But he's still doing, you know, three and a half, half hour sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw him at we saw him at the Isle of Wight Festival in 2012, and yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, and that's, yeah. ten, that's 10 years ago, 11 years ago. And you think, hang on, he's old. And <laughs> yeah. is he still doing that? And yeah. Yeah. But that's, I think. That's, that's, yeah, he's just so good. I had a weird entry point to Springsteen because I always kind of had him pegged as like a 80s chorus, chorus merchant, you know, get him right. in the stadiums and he's big and anthemic. And then yeah, he yeah. did. He did like a album of like Americana, folksy stuff um, with the. Pete Seeger Sessions Band. Oh, yeah. It's all kind of like Cajun y stuff, and he's doing like um, uh, Erie Canal and like all these old American folk songs, really. Yeah, and yeah. It, I really got into it. And then it's from there. Then, like, the next studio album from that was Wrecking Ball, which yeah, was, I think, yeah. was like 2011, 2012. And he was angry on that record. And I really, really dug it. And then I went back to. The Rising, and which is basically yeah. 
his love letter to a broken city, isn't it? And yeah, just, that's right. Yeah. And then I went back and got into the older stuff, if you like. So I, it's quite a weird entry point to think like Bruce yeah, Willis in the two thousands is where you come into. Like, it's... Yeah, you've been back and forth. So Tunnel of Love, I think, if I was to yeah. choose the best album for me, I'd probably go for Tunnel of Love right, from, okay. from 88. Um, yeah. So you had um, Brilliant Disguise on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, of Love uh, title track is amazing um, Valentine, beautiful ballad at the end of the album but I think Bruce Springsteen yeah, going back to what I said about the comfort blanket you know, Bruce Springsteen's always there for me, you know yeah. <laughs> sounds a bit lame I know but you know, I think with Bruce Springsteen it's just the, the songs, just, you just get a real warm feeling from, from listening to Bruce yes. Um so yeah, he's he's often played. In fact, I was listening to his cover of Night Shift earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't played it enough really, so I was just listening to it again. And uh, but what a great song Night Shift is anyway. We did a show that a while ago, probably eighteen months ago now. Me and my brother, because my brother's really into him. Um, yeah, we did did a show about uh, Darkness on the Edge of Town, and like my hipster pick was it the best song on the on the record is Candy's Room. Brilliant song, and and. Sam was like, "Yeah, I think that's you being a hipster." But every time I go back to it, it's that one that that one song that grabs me. And I don't think yeah. it's everyone. I don't don't. I wouldn't tell everyone to go and listen to it. It's the best Bruce Springsteen song. But from that album, that one really grabs me. It's the way the drums come in. I think. Yeah, it's played a lot though on the tours. Well, yeah, I say a lot since I've been. I only got to see him since two thousand and eight. I was hmm. late to go and see him really. Um, but as far as I can remember, each time I've seen him, which is probably four times now, um, he's played Candy's Room. So it's a popular track. Yeah. yeah, I love it. I think it's brilliant. Right. Which band or artist makes you dance around the kitchen like a bit of a dickhead? Oh, Rob, again, I don't want to be predictable, but I've got three written down here that I was toying with. Um, so I went for ABBA. Mm-hmm. Basically, anything by ABBA, really, <laughs> um, apart from Mamma Mia. And don't talk to me about the film either. Not interested. I've not <laughs> uh, seen so it, I, so you're all right. Oh, sh- shocking. Um, so I'd say ABBA, then I crossed it out, and then I went for Taylor Swift. Uh, all right. Her song, yeah, yeah, I know your brother Sam likes Taylor Swift. Yeah? Yeah, um, I like Taylor Swift. Uh, I think yeah, she's I, I very... Don't dislike her. It's, I haven't yeah, listened to everything, but I think she's uh, very good. Um, "Shake It Off" is my favourite track by yeah. Taylor Swift, and I keep plugging it in the band, and no one's interested in playing it. It's a shame. You're allowed to like pop songs. That's what they're for, like, isn't it? Well, it's... we we do do some pop songs in the band, and I think this one would be a great one to do, and I think the crowd mm. would like it. There's a lot of brass in it, which I think I could yeah. just about do on the keys. Um, yeah, so I wrote that down, and I crossed it out, and I've just come back to Simple Minds again, um, yeah. and the song The Kick Inside of Me, which I talked about on the last podcast mm. we did, Rob. Um, yep. Such a great, uplifting, feel-good song, very rocky. Um, yeah, so Simple Minds every time, really. It's Excellent. As I say, it's just, just a way of life after 38 years. And I've got to say, you know, when I say way of life, I've made some great friends as well through the band. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I've met Sean, really, uh, through school and then, obviously, 
more so um, our friendship developed with the band. But I've met, you know, Anthony and Kieran from Dublin. I'm giving these guys a shout out because in case yeah, I, yeah, I, know they're, I'm gonna, I know they're going to listen to the podcast, but Anthony and Kieran from Dublin, met them along the way. I'm Anthony in 95 on a trip to Paris to see the band Kieran uh, in 98, a gig in Dublin. Um, Darren, my friend Darren in Banbury. Um, Angela, who I dated, sadly passed away. She's from Swansea. And uh, uh, my friend John, who sadly passed away, you know, but I'm still in touch with his friend Margaret and his mm-hmm. sister Margaret. Uh, so, yeah, look, it's a way of life, you know. I've seen the band 55 yeah. times and great friendships. So, Simple Minds, yeah, kitchen music Brilliant. for me. Excellent. Um, is there a band or an artist that the whole world think are amazing and you just don't get it? Yeah, there's a, a few I've written down as prompts, really. Um, Amy Winehouse never got Amy Winehouse. Right. Um, I can't talk about her because I never really listened to her enough. I just heard a few things, a few songs, and that not for me. Didn't like her voice. Um, Adele, not a big fan of Adele. I know she's very popular. Um, I did like her song "Set Fire to the Rain," but that's probably the mm-hmm. only one I like. Um, Sean's favourite, Ed Sheeran. <laughs> It'll kill me for saying concave that. face ginger twat, as a friend of mine <laughs> likes to call him. <laughs> yeah, it's. Yeah, it's not for me, sorry. But saying that, I like that duet he did with Taylor Swift. I think mm-hmm. it was called Everything Has Changed. I thought that was a really, really good song. Great harmonies. Um, and I thought his song Tenerife Sea was also very good. Okay. But that's as far as it goes for me, really. Not a fan. I'll be honest. Um, I've never knowingly listened to an Ed Sheeran song. No, okay. Yeah, probably best so... to keep it that way. Yeah. Sorry to all the Ed Sheeran fans out there, but um, and Fuck I'm also going to mention, and I I hate to I hate to say it, but I'm going to mention it, and my friend Reese will kill me for saying this, but I'm not a big fan of Stereophonics. I've, I've I don't get them. If I'm right. honest, I do like yeah, Dakota no. and I like Local Boy, but after that, I don't get it. What's I'm you give, did give me forewarning of this, so. Back in the day when we were kids, if you like, um, late teens, the first album came out and I absolutely loved that first Stereophonics album. I thought it was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. And then the second album came out and it had like Bartender and the Thief and that on it. Yeah. And Leon really, really loved that album and I couldn't yeah. stick it. And nope. that's it. Like, and, then, and then I think, as far as I know, I think Leon carried on at the, at the very least enjoying the stereophonics mm-hmm. i don't know if that's still the case we it's not a band that's come up while we've been talking to be honest but and like i'll occasionally put that first album on but everything else you can keep we do bartender and the thief in the band right, right sometimes opens, yeah sometimes open set two with it um yeah it's not a favorite of mine at all really it's very rocky i, I actually don't do much in it <laughs> i just stand there and look pretty rob <laughs> what I do like about the stereophonics, right, is that they kind of know what they are. Does, does that make sense? They know no. they're just uh, they can't. They know they're just a uh, a band that does great catchy choruses. They got some good hooks, and they just keep doing that. And I think they're quite. I don't think they care that people don't like them. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
So I can remember, I, this is going back a bit now. Um, do you remember when Nevermind the Buzzcocks was on the telly and it was good? Uh, like yeah. Simon Amstel and that doing it. So well, uh-huh. Kelly Jones was on there and uh, they were just taking, the, like the host was just taking the mickey out of him. And he's just like, say what you like. I've got two houses. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah. I honestly don't think he cares. Like, so. <laughs> You're probably right. I, I think yeah, for me, but... that maybe I'm, Maybe I'm just uh, zoned into the keyboards too much because there's Maybe. nothing going on with the keyboards and the stereophonics, is there really? Um, but, um, the alternative yeah. to this question is, is there a band that you really love that no one else does and you can't try as you might get them to get on board? Uh, I, do you know what? I didn't answer that question. I didn't no? give that question any thought, actually. Um, an artist that I'm really into that others don't really get that's a good question and I didn't answer it. So I guess really, um, well, Martin Joseph, uh, I guess hasn't been out there enough for people to know who he is, mm-hmm. I suppose. Cliff Richard. Um, well, yeah, but <laughs> I think he's a nice guy more than I like his music. Yeah, really. yeah, yeah. Um, Martin Joseph, i tell you who's a fan of Martin Joseph is, um, DJ whispering Bob Harris. So he'll oh, play right, Martin okay. Joseph now and again. Yeah. In fact, Martin Joseph is doing a tour this year with Bob Harris, mm-hmm. like a oh, questions cool. and answers type tour. Um, and Terry Wogan back in the day would play one or two of his as well. So, yeah, apart from Martin Joseph, uh, I'm struggling to think of another that's one, right. really. So that's right. That. Okay. Strap in. You're going time traveling now. You can go to any musical era or any scene. Where would you like to go? Rob, I'm going to go for the Nelson Mandela 70th birthday tribute concert, 11th of June, 1988, which was 35 years ago last Sunday. Wow. uh, Sean and I went. We were 17. He was 18. In our Simple Minds T-shirts. It was just an incredible experience. We clearly went for Simple Minds. We they were really one know. of the anchors of the whole show, weren't they? Really? Oh, they stole the show as far as I'm concerned, yeah. yeah. Um, but other artists were great on the day. You know, Die Straight, uh, Whitney Houston was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a combination of different artists. Um, there was, uh, Phil Collins got on drums. Mark Brzecki was on drums from Big Country. Uh, you had Midgeur, Paul Young. Uh, Mark Kelly was there on keyboards, I think. Fish was there. Salt and Pepper. Kid... Yeah, they were, weren't they? Yeah. I think they were. I, I did some googling. They were. Yeah. Yeah, they were. Tracy Introduced Chapman. to the stage by Meatloaf. Yes, you're quite correct. And um, Kurt Smith from Tears for Fears. He was there as well. Yeah. So yeah, great, great lineup of artists. It was such an incredible experience, and, uh, and I'm forever watching the footage, looking for myself. You know, and I think, <laughs> I think, after 35 years, I think I can spot myself now. Um, but yeah, my dad. My dad drove us there, down to Wembley. Um, yeah, very memorable. In fact, to be honest with you, Rob, my dad passed away in, what, nearly nine years ago. I just go back in time just for that car journey. Yeah, <laughs> you know? lovely. You know? That's lovely, just, that is. Just, just great. And then the, the gig would be a bonus. Um, but, yeah, that's my chosen concert if I was Brilliant. to go back in time. You're the first person to go back to relive an event you were actually at? Everyone okay. else has been like, oh, I would have loved to have gone back to, I don't know, um, the Kilburn High Road in London in the 70s to sure. see 
Ian Jury coming up through, or I'd love to go back to Woodstock and stuff like that. So brilliant. It's nice to have a, a different take on the question. It was such a great day. So, yeah, brilliant. Quite a pivotal moment in history as well. Like just everyone, do you know what I mean? Quite an iconic moment, really. It just in the zeitgeist yeah. of the time, isn't it? You know, Definitely. so to I say mean, you were part of that is brilliant. Yeah. Um, I mean, admittedly, I can't, you know, we didn't know who Nelson Mandela was, really, Sean and I, <laughs> if I'm honest. We were just there for Simple Minds and, yeah, shocking. But, you know, um, and then there was the the Mandela concert when he was released as well in 1990, mm-hmm. which I sadly wasn't able to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first, and then they, they played again in Hyde Park as well, a Mandela concert. But the first mm-hmm. one clearly was was the best from what I can see. Chrissy Hine was there, UB40, yeah. Eurythmics. Eurythmics. Yeah. yeah there wet, we wet, go. Wet. I, yeah. Think, I think Wet, Wet, Wet opened the gig, I think. Right. Uh, Sting came on after, I think. Yeah. What a what a great lineup. So, yeah, that's it for me. 11th of June, 1988. Brilliant. Right. Thank you very much. You've won. We just have one question left to go. Your prize for answering all the previous questions so nicely is that you get to put one song and one song alone onto our playlist. Okay. So what would you like to leave us with? This is the hardest question. This is the hardest thing I've ever done, Rob, apart from learning <laughs> to do my apart from learning to do my shoelaces unassisted. Um so can I can I just quickly, very quickly mention songs that were in the list as contenders? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So Sweet Sixteen by the Furies. Absolute Beginners by Bowie. Oh, that's the if I, Yeah. If I Could Read Your Mind by Gordon Lightfoot. Sadly passed away recently. Yeah. Uh, Dear Father by Neil Diamond. Have you heard yeah. the Johnny Cash version of If You Could Read My Mind? No, I haven't. Oh, I'll send you a link. Yeah, I'll listen to that tonight. Yes. yes. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful really song. Good. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, Dear Father by Neil Diamond. That's off the Jonathan Livingston Seagull album I mentioned earlier. Uh, Kick Inside of Me, Simple Minds, I've mentioned. Brilliant Mind. Do you know Brilliant Mind? 1980s One Hit Wonder by a band called no. Furniture. So no. check it out. So there's right. an, you know, John Hughes, the film producer from the 80s, Home mm. Alone, Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. uh, Pretty in Pink. Um, Actually, no, it's not a John. Uh, so I was going to say, Rob, um, it's from an eighties film, some kind of wonderful. I'll have to double check. I'm not sure oh, if right, John okay. Hughes. I'm not sure if John Hughes actually did Same direct something it. he might have done. Yeah, I'll have to yeah. double check. However, it's from that film. It's a brilliant, brilliant, right. brilliant track. Unknown caller album track from U2. Um, Gabriel's oboe by um, Ennio or Ennio Morricone uh, from the film The Mission. Beautiful piece mm-hmm. of music, um, covered by um, Sarah Brightman uh, with lyrics. She's added lyrics to it. She had permission um, from Enio, mm-hmm. and she's added lyrics to it, and it's called Nella Fantasia. Beautiful piece of music. However, I've settled on a song that I've been playing a lot lately, and it's called Everybody by Richard Ashcroft. It's the last track on his album, Alone With Everybody, which was in 2000, I think, because I remember mm-hmm. my daughter was born and I bought the album at the time. So it's a very special album for me. But that track is my favourite. It's about loss. The song is about loss. 
Um, more so about, you know, we all experience loss with uh, our loved ones passing away. Um, but I think you can also relate to the loss of a friendship or a, a relationship. It's a really, really lovely, beautiful track that I find quite encouraging. Um, there's a bit at the end, Rob, I've got to tell you, just towards the end, it kind of builds up and um, the lyrics are stay strong, keep on, move on. He sings that twice. That part of the song is just so powerful. Um, and it's always on rewind as far as I'm concerned. So that's the song I put in for Time Capsule. Lovely. If that's acceptable. Thank you very much. Yeah, no, it's you get to choose whatever you want. Um, brilliant. John, that was great. Thank you very much. Um, have you got any gigs you need to plug? Have you got any public gigs you want to plug? Uh, yeah, or we're you playing generally uh, went... Lebry Carnival. Lebry Carnival, Excellent. bank holiday weekend in Ledbury on the back of a lorry in the town. So that's going to be a good Excellent. day, hopefully, if the weather holds out. Um, we're also playing um, Angel Fest in Kingsland. At the near Angel. No, Excellent. well, opposite the Angel in the, yeah, yeah, on, yeah. The, on the ground there, yeah. So that's good. And uh, we're playing Rock the Barn, which is somewhere in Herefordshire. I'm not sure whereabouts, Rock the Barn Festival. Yeah. In fact, we're Brilliant. the second band, we're the second to last band on, and the band on after us is um, none other than Top Loader. Excellent, excellent. Do you remember Top. them? So that yeah, I do remember their one song. Um, yeah, <laughs> I do remember the on always telling me that uh, the darkness supported you guys once. Oh yeah, we played um, as in Fest. they played before, and then you played. <laughs> yeah. they, they played, and then yeah. you were on after them. Yeah. So, they, so the darkness supported you. Yeah, they they did us a lot of uh, they did us a favour actually, Rob, because they finished at twelve o'clock in the main arena, and all the people just flocked out of the arena towards our tent. We just started the first track, and they just came in, and it was Brilliant. great. So, uh, yeah, so we didn't support them though, but um, yeah, they did yeah, us a you were supported by the darkness. So, guy, if you're up in Herefordshire, Worcestershire area, go and see Front Runner. It'd be a great night. Um, as usual you can find all our links in the show notes uh, check out the Patreon stuff to support the podcast and this little label project I got going on it's the Fiverr and if you listen to this regularly and you enjoy what we're doing it's not a lot really is it um, anyway um, John thank you for coming out to play that Cheers, was wonderful Rob, enjoyed it. yeah it's great Good. Um, and I was Rob and that was Records and Barons tell me how good it's fucking born.